brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, it's Jeff here. Have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? Let me give you a rundown. Basically, this is the easiest way to make a podcast. It has everything you need all in one place. It's what I use. It's what I recommend to everybody I talk to about starting a podcast. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms. That includes Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. I did this for our Game of the Year podcast. It went very well. People responded to it very nicely. With Anchor, creators can even earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And that's what enables Anchor to offer all of its services totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm or find the Anchor app in your mobile phone store. Hey you, yeah, you, the one trying to make a video game. I've got someone here that can help you, and that someone is Intel, which is not a someone, it's a company. But this company, they are going to help you as if they were a somebody and a someone and also a something. Check out software.intel.com slash gamedev to find out how Intel is making sure all the innovation in gaming continues to happen on the PC as part of the Intel Game Dev program. Again, that URL is software.intel.com slash gamedev. Sign up and start something new. It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the GameSpeed Decides podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything about the world of video games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... It's me, Mike Minotti. He's back. We're doing Yay. it again. 
Um, in today's episode, we're going to go over some news. We got some games to talk about. Mike went on a trip to Valve. Uh, we're going to talk about that. I think up, up front here pretty quickly. Uh, first, though, I want to thank everybody for joining us. You can get more from me and Mike at GameSpeed.com. If you have something to share with us, you can email or tweet the podcast. The email address is gamesplusadventurebeat.com. Uh, that's the plus sign. Uh, or you can get us at, at GamesBeat or at GBDecides for the podcast itself. If you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, anywhere, there's an audio version of the show. It goes up on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify. Or, yeah, I think we're on Spotify now. We're, we're in a bunch Ooh. of places. Yeah. Finally, if you like it, give us a rate uh, on Apple Podcasts. It really helps out. So, um, Mike, yeah, like I mentioned, you just got back from Valve. What was that trip like? Like, what'd you go out there for? So yeah, so I was uh, there to see Artifact, their uh, their Dota two card game. No, I was not there to see Half Life three. Before anybody asks me, I was actually very proud of myself from you know refraining from asking any Half Life three questions. Yeah, because it's like you know, what are they gonna do? Be like, all right, you know what, you wore it down. <laughs> here, here it is. Yeah, it's at a certain point. It's like I, there, I, I, when I was there last year, uh, around the same time of year. I, I had that same thought process. I was like, do I do that as like a journalistic duty? And I'm like, nah, I'm just not going to even bring it up. Yeah. So it's, you know, we've, we've moved. if they've moved on, we've moved on now. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I was there to um, first. There's kind of like a short PowerPoint presentation, really, from Gabe Newell about the game. Then we had some hands on time, uh, did a interview. And then they kind of like had like an, uh, a tournament between some like some streamers, uh, some Dota 2 people, some Magic the Gathering people, and other kind of personalities that they were pretty much just broadcasting, I think, for the Valve employees and us. Like, I don't think this was anything on Twitch, so we got to see some more, some slightly more high-level artifact play, such as it is at the moment. So, I mean, kind of explain the game to me. Um, and this is like their first time like going in-depth with it in public? or, or, or Yeah, this is, this is basically the first real look anybody has got at uh on it uh at least you know in, in terms of like outside of valve or some right. of these streamers maybe who've, who've been in their beta but so it's a digital card game uh you know kind of like hearthstone but it's it's dota 2 themed and it, it takes a little bit more from that than i i almost would have thought but like so you have your deck of card and you have like the board but there's there's three boards that you kind of deal with like you you, right. you do something on the first board, then it goes to the next one, then the next one. Uh, and the three boards kind of replicate the three lanes in a MOBA. And then your deck has five hero cards. Again, kind of like in a MOBA, you have five heroes on a team. And, and the object is, you know, on, on each board, you're protecting a tower that has 40 health, and you're trying to attack the enemy tower that has 40 health. If you kill two towers, uh, you win. If you kill just one tower, it then turns into... Uh, an ancient which has 80 health if you kill just one ancient you also win so the idea is like you know you have to kind of spread your resources you can maybe look at one board and say okay i'm losing that one that's okay we won't focus on that one but you can't completely give it up right because if you do then they can just really push there and, and kill that 80 health ancient and win the game that way okay so it, it definitely sounds more complex than hearthstone and i know you're a hearthstone guy but I don't think you're necessarily a Hearthstone guy because it's simple. So what's your thinking? Well, I mean, the Hearthstone being simple helps in some yeah, way, yeah. right? Uh, this is it definitely, doesn't hurt. That's that's yeah. not, I know it doesn't hurt. I just don't think that that's necessarily the, the entire appeal to you. No, I mean this this is definitely a lot more complicated, and I think it's to the game's advantage, right? Because that's one way you could differentiate yourself from Hearthstone is 
kind of adding these layers of complexity, doing something a, a little different. And there's like, there's so much more to, uh, you know, what I said, even uh, the turns are much more, you can either pass or play a card. If you play a card, then your opponent can play a card. If your opponent plays a card, then you can. Like, you don't move on from that board until you've both, like, pass, uh, you know, sequentially. Uh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And it's also kind of like magic in that there's, there's like, card colors. There's four of them. Red, black, green, blue. Uh, and your heroes and spells all belong to these colors. And they kind of represent slightly different strategies. Like, the blue cards generally are better with spells, weaker heroes. Green cards kind of have stronger creeps. Uh, it's another thing from the MOBAs. Our creeps are basically any minion that's not your hero. These are just like the, the lesser cards uh, and, and, and so on. And you can make your deck to like focus on one color or two colors or even four colors. So you can have a red-green deck or something if mm-hmm. you wanted to. Uh, I mean, I, I just feel like I could just divulge all like this info about what this game is. It's, I mean, you you get gold when you kill enemy heroes or creeps, and then you can spend it at a shop after a round. Like a round is kind of like when you go through each lane, right? So you right. this lane, you play that lane, then that lane. Then you have a shop, and you can buy cards with from the shop. Some of those cards are cards that you actually put in your deck to be in that slot. Then other ones are random. And those cards you can cast without a mana cost, right? Like, there's, there's just, you know, if you really want to learn a lot about how this game works, I wrote some longer stories on that. It's, it's so much, and it's hard to just, like, verbally tell you how this card game works. But, yeah, it is, it is complicated, but it's fun. I, I had the benefit of, you know, having a Valve employee there with of me course. when I was doing my demos, which is nice. I think a lot of this game, it, a lot of it's going to depend on its teaching tools, like how quickly it can like go through those tutorials uh kind of get you up to speed with this game but i i do think that the depth is going to be especially now that hearthstone has kind of trained a lot of people onto digital card games maybe they're gonna be looking for more depth now like that was what was kind of interesting to me it was like oh yeah this is more complicated from hearthstone and it's kind of neat that i'm maybe challenging myself in a way beyond just i hope i draw this card or i you know not that it's not that there's not more than that to it but I was definitely appreciating some of these complexities. Yeah, it, it does sound like something that um, people will be able to sink their teeth in, teeth into. And now that there's a an established audience that knows, um, well, not only that like Valve knows likes card games, that's obvious, but like the audience knows they like card games. And maybe if they are looking for a break from some of these other ones, this is an, a new alternative that's on a platform that everyone pretty much is using. Um, they're, they're releasing it on Steam first and then, uh, tablets later, did they mention anything about smartphones? Yeah. So the plan is uh, computers, you know, via Steam by the end of the year. Uh, then mid-2019 is tablets. And then after that is going to be phones. I, I even asked them, can you really play this game on a phone? It's so complicated. And they said, you know, they have a person in their dev team who's just been playing it on their phone constantly. So they, they already have a version of that running. So, yeah, I can't. So they, that is down the timeline. And that timeline even sounds pretty similar to what Hearthstone did, right? It was PC first, and it, it followed on those other things. We're uh, we're talking about Artifact right now. This is uh, the new card game the Valve's been working on. Uh, they brought in, I think, uh, Brad Muir, who was working on, who made that Iron Brigade game. He was the director on it. Did you get to talk to him? Who did you really talk to about the game? Uh, Gosh, you know, they, they threw me into a room with five people, and okay. I talked to all of them, and then I, I still have to go through my, my transcription. The, the interesting things is... You know, when Valve, when I mean, when Gabe Newell did his like presentation for us, 
and kind of going through his like PowerPoint at this point, he the thing he brought up more than anything else was that this game is not free to play, right? He he brought it up multiple mm-hmm. times. But, you know, it, it was kind of confusing because you're still paying for card packs and stuff, and the game's going to have but the game's gonna have an initial price, unlike say Hearthstone. It's kind of part of this philosophy that a free to like a free to play account like immediately kind of cheapens all the other assets involved with the game. You can just keep making profiles or something like that. It wasn't really it was necessarily an idea I com- I completely followed. But the more wait, can I ask you a question? Is sure. this maybe because they are thinking about doing card trading through the Steam? back end they're not thinking about it they're doing it they're so that's probably why then okay yeah that's, I, I wasn't sure if they've confirmed this yet that's the complicated thing right is that the steam marketplace is definitely going to be involved you can take an individual card from your collection and sell it on there which is interesting because that's you know that's what magic the gathering in real life is like right a lot of times you go to a store you buy a card and it's something that hearthstone doesn't really have where if you want a card you need to just keep buying card packs until you either get that card or in that game, you can, like, your duplicates and stuff turn into dust, which you can then spend on cards. So it's not like you, you're you entirely waiting on that RNG. There's, like, some forgiveness there. But this is a, definitely a much faster solution where you can just literally buy the card. Uh, I mean, it also makes it more complicated, I guess, in a, in a pay-to-win scenario, right? Because now you right. can literally just straight up buy the whatever deck you want. Which is, I mean, Hearthstone's almost there anyways in a lot of ways. You basically are just buying that $50 pre-order thing to get 70 packs so you can have a decent collection and, and go from there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, 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 I could see them thinking, like, in order to keep that that trading experience pure and away from exploits or whatever, uh, putting up a small pr- a price barrier up front to keep people from trading among themselves for, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, that, that that might have some value to them. Um so yeah, well, I mean, we'll see how this plays out. Is there anything else that stuck out to you about this uh, game or the the visit to Valve? A couple other things. They they yeah. really want this game to have Steam Workshop support, and the the the, the example they gave was um, like for illustrators, like you could submit your own card art, right? So right, like there's you know a hero like a uh, Pudge is one of the few heroes I actually re- remember from Dota two, right? He's the guy with the hook. Uh, so, you know, somebody could say, well, here's my drawing of Pudge. So this is an alternate card art or, or something like that, which is I'm going to do the, uh, I'm going to do the men of game devs calendar. Have you ever seen that thing? <laughs> yes. All those, these tubby guys are well, in bathtubs or whatever. And I'm going to make that the art for all the, cards. well, that's what I wonder. Like, yeah. Cause is this going to be, is there going to be like, you know, kind of like, uh, uh, some mod, like moderation of this, some like, like what does that look already, like? Is it just going to be there's anything? moderation of the workshop, but yeah, I, I right. would imagine it, it wouldn't be very strict. Yeah, so that that's interesting. Uh, the and it even said you know mods won't be supported initially, but someday they, they will be. So are you going to be able to like just turn this into different card games or or something? Uh, so so that's pretty weird. Uh, the the way the game looked is pretty good. Like like Hearthstone, one of the big things it did right was like up the presentation factor. This is trying to follow that. The uh, it's actually much more three D. Then Hearthstone and like Hearthstone's mostly a bunch of 2D assets sort of on top of each other. Mm-hmm. This one, like the camera can pan around a little bit. You have these two kind of uh little uh imps or fairy whelps like each player has that do things like deal you the cards and they kind of emote and add some personality to the game. Uh and that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I um I'm wondering if they're going to maybe try to make this work in VR where you can like pick up the cards because I know Valve is still thinking about VR. Did they talk about that? No, not really. That is the weird thing about this this trip, right? Like, it, it was... I mean, I know for some people, you know, hey, oh, this is 
a, a digital card game, and it's the Dota 2 digital card game, I don't care. But it was nice to get to go to Valve and look at a, their new game, right? Right. Uh, it, it almost felt like... and I, I'm the, sure, It's a weird sentence right there, Valve's yeah. new game. Right, and I, I'm sure they don't look at it this way, but, you know, the last five or so years kind of felt like these Valve wasted years, right, of Steam machines and these VR projects that maybe had some value to them, but not for the general consumer base, really didn't matter to them. So, and, you know, Gabe Newell, uh, he made this point saying, you know, Valve's making games again, so this might not right. be the last... Now, I, I, I still not convinced that they're really that focused on going like making the single player kind of games that maybe my sort of I don't know if generation is the word, but like people who grew up in the nineties <laughs> like me think like used to think of Valve for. I think their games are going to maybe look more like artifact things that will take advantage of the Steam marketplace and Steam Workshop and and what have you. But again, the you know the game was fun. I enjoyed it. I played two games. It's hard to great get a great feel for it. It was interesting when, there, when I was watching that tournament with all these developers, right? They were, like, really getting into it, yelling about, like, oh, no, this guy should do this thing or that thing. And it was a fun experience. Um, it definitely feels like this. I mean, there have already been a few of these card games that came out and tried to take some of that Hearthstone crown. And, and not only do they take not take the crown, it seems like they're pretty quickly just forgotten in general, right? Gwent, uh Older Scrolls Legends and and those things I, I I don't know if you hear about them very much anymore but, but I don't so even though this is the Valve one yeah right uh th- th- and that's what I'm wondering is I I don't know if you could just beat Hearthstone but I wonder if this is the one that can find that second place spot yeah at least because it doesn't even seem like there's a second place spot in the digital card game market right now it seems like there's there's Hearthstone and then everything else yes I think. There has to be a spot for number two, I feel like, but maybe there doesn't. I, I don't know. I, uh, there is everything else, and it all feels like a different, d- distant third place without that second place. And it does seem like Valve has the platform, and it might have this hook where it's more complicated, and, and you can trade cards with your friends. So that's maybe a little bit more interesting to some people. I don't know. It, there's potential here where there wasn't for a lot of these other games. Well, yeah, one, one final interesting thing is because they're getting this game onto, you know, iPads and iPhones, it means they now have Source 2 running on mobile, so yeah, wow, that's, okay. that's opening some floodgates. Yeah, that is something, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm glad you were able to go. I, it was I, like, when they when you mentioned, like, oh, they reached out to me, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's been covering Hearthstone, that makes sense. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun trip for me, it was, a, it was real cool, you know, I mean, heck, like I said, I grew up with, with Half-Life. Team Fortress Classic was, like, the first real like online shooter I played significantly so it was it was really cool to go visit Valve it was it was a really interesting day yeah i i um i'm glad that they mentioned they're still making games but i think in the end you're going to be right that this is going to be the kind of stuff that they're making okay um let's uh, let's get into some of the like the one game i've really been playing i i you know i'm still playing into the breach a little bit still playing Stardew Valley Valley um but I've sort of set those in a holding zone for now because I'm playing this uh, this early access game that just came out on Steam called Eco. Uh, it's ECO, um, and you're not saving a, a a princess from a cave or anything like that or whatever that a PlayStation game is. This is a. It's very much. I mean, the easy solution to explaining this is just to say Minecraft with a lot more systems. Um, I I I've played some Minecraft. I, I I've had my time with it back. You know seven years ago now, uh, and never really been able, I've, I haven't been able to get back into it since. Um, and even like, even with the multiplayer stuff and all that stuff. And I think the reason it, that, that this game is bringing me in is because it's very much about, uh, the, 
the group that you're playing with. So it is a it's a, it's a live server that we got about 16 people playing right now. And the idea is that in 30 days, a meteor, which you could see up in the sky, is going to crash onto your planet and basically destroy it. So we all have to work together to find some way to stop it. But we're starting basically with, with stone tools and making holes in the ground and making small wooden houses and stuff. Um, so we need to go through these various skill trees to build up our characters so that we can build something that could potentially stop this meteor. But no one person can really do this themselves. Everyone has to be specialized because each individual uh, skill becomes more expensive uh, in terms of skill points. The, like the, the, as you gather, as you go down like one path, like as I'm going, I'm going down masonry right now, I'm making bricks. Um, and as I've done this, now if I start looking at some of the engineering stuff, it's like 25 skill points, which is way too expensive for me, uh, at least right now. So you have to begin talking with your other players to figure out some way to advance, to get the things you need, and to continue moving forward. Um, the, the big, the big like gateways are these skill books that you need to research, and these are the things that are like, oh, we need fifty of this rare resource, fifty of this, fifty of this rare resource, and another fifty of this. And really, no one person can make any two of these, let alone three of them. So you got to talk to one another, trade, and decide it's time to make that book so you can unlock that next skill. Um, but it's. It goes way beyond that. It's way deeper because we've had this meteor in the sky and we've been playing for about five days now uh, and it's 30 real world, real world days before it crashes into our planet. So it, um, it's real game. It's real time. It's not game, game time. There so if you like, game, so if you like don't play system, for a week, are you screwed? Or I think you would be pretty far behind, yeah. But, uh, but, but not necessarily completely because you are still earning skill points even when you're offline. Um, and you know, that, that, that's got its own system behind it, depending on how well you've eaten and how good of a house you have. And like, you know, if you put furniture inside your house, you'll get more skill points per second or whatever for that. Um, and, and so if you come back online a week later, you're going to have like 500 skill points you could spend all at once and maybe get back in and specialize in, in an area that no one else has and be valuable again. Um, but playing every day has certainly helped as well because you're still building all these structures and stuff. Uh, but but at, beyond like the working together, it's been this really weird uh, experiment because, you know, we have also got these options to not just work together. We could start a currency and I started my own currency in my own store and sold stuff because I'm like, I want to encourage people to go out and get the stuff that I need while I'm working on these things. So I started selling like carts. People really needed these large carts. So I sold those in my store and people would come and buy them for me and I would get the uh, various... Um, I would get things from them like logs and stone that I could use to make stuff. Uh, but people were, were like, we had been working together so well that people were resistant to this idea of me introducing stores. And it, was, and it very quickly turned into whether we wanted capitalism or communism for our society. And uh, right now, outside my house and outside my store, there is a giant sign that someone made that says capitalism is murder. And, and and blood on your hands and all these things and it's, wow yeah and it's like yeah okay because i've been able to make a ton of bricks and all this stuff and it's like a very that's a very valuable resource for where we're at at this in, in the game uh and it's coming a lot of it's coming from these people who are just going in the mines over and over and just bringing up load after load of stone and so all they're doing is mining so there's just these these peons these workers these 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 like the little people uh serving my greater needs uh, and they're starting to feel pretty uh, resentful about that. And I'm like, hey, you don't have to do this. I, you don't have to participate in my system. 
Although I know that once I set up the system and it starts working at all for anyone, it kind of becomes this toothpaste out of the tube thing where you can't undo it. And if anyone <laughs> wants to compete, they have to start their own store. So my system won out in the end. And now the farmers have started a store. And so you're in like, charge. I actually got voted mayor, too. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I'm in charge. But then immediately, as soon as I got voted mayor, uh, Henry Mark Five, who's this this guy who pretends to be a robot online. You just have to watch the stream sometime. Um he immediately started making a dungeon for me underground uh, so that he could imprison me whenever he, whenever I like fall into his trap or whatever. Uh, and he's like, he's the one that put up the capitalism. Is it seems like you guys are getting distracted uh, by the uh, or distracted from the big meteor that's about to wipe you out. We, we definitely are, but I'm not sure <laughs> if it's necessarily going to cause any problems because it still feels like as we push against one another, we're still pushing forward toward our end goal. So th- there's something there like where it still ends up working, although – uh, this game is an educational game, I think. There, at least it's got like some government grants for being an educational game, and I think it's because it models how pollution works. And uh, like we, we we were smelting iron early on, and whenever you do that, it creates these tailings. It's like really toxic sludge. They ah, put so it's filled with the liberal agenda. Exactly, totally. <laughs> uh, and we were we like one of our hunters went out and killed twelve elk at one time, and the planet's uh-huh. only like. It's only two like square kilometers. That was half the population. Like yeah, it, like you could see the number because it tracks everything on this website that you can go look at for your server, and you just saw the the elk population go boom, and it just like nearly hit zero. Um, it's starting to bounce back now, and so you could do all these things, and you have all these systems, uh, but then there's like also ways to try to like control people to make sure they do what you want. Like we can vote for laws. Anyone can propose a law using this if then system. Uh, as soon as I got voted for mayor. And I proposed a law saying we shouldn't have any more elections. Because I'm like, oh, guys, we don't need to be having elections every day. I could just be mayor from now on. This is fine. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's a red flag, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. So now – and now there's all these carts saying um, – like you could put signs on your carts and all these other signs. And it's like this cart's for uh, farmers only, no fascist allowed and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's getting out of hand. But it's, it's been excellent. I don't know. It's been, it's been a very good time. Yeah, you definitely have me in charge. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know I think the, these storylines that happen over time are definitely the highlight of it. Uh, there still are people who are just going down and mining rock, you know, and they could be doing other things if they want. Uh, but at a certain point, part of the game is like just getting these resources, and then uh, you know on top of that, you are dealing with the consequences of maybe you're ruining your ecosystem, and now wheat won't grow anymore or whatever. So uh, it's it's cool, but it's it is still in that Minecraft vein. So if people, I, I, if people don't like those kinds of, kinds of games at all, I don't think they'll like this, but it's definitely been, you know, winning me over. All right. Uh, I'm going to be playing that for probably in th- this, these 30 days to try to see what happens with this meteor. And then I'm going to, I need to put it away. Cause I've been playing with it too much. Um, but Mike, we should probably get into the news uh, since I haven't really been playing anything else. Let me get the, uh, the rundown here. Um, did you watch the Nintendo direct? No, I just kind of, I was in the air while it happened, flying to Seattle, and of course, like, this is when they freaking announced Smash Brothers, <laughs> this is when I right. have no access to the internet, so I just read about it after it happened and uh, watched that trailer. It, I, I, I'm now, like, wondering what my reaction would have been if I was watching this live, and, like, I was like, oh, is this another Splatoon thing? What's happening here? Oh, mm-hmm. God, like, that, that, that reflection, that Smash Brothers reflection in the eye is so good. Like, Nintendo knows what it's doing with that. Oh, yeah. It knows the mean potential of these things. Yep, it's, it is. It's yes, and it's perfect fodder for that stuff. Um, the the uh, when I watched it, I I knew probably like five seconds in. I'm like, this is Smash Brothers. 
It's Smash Brothers. Well, they've, they've already done. They've already done all their Splatoon stuff, and they're like, "Oh, they, now we're all done. Oh, we have one more thing." Well, Splatoon. And then when they said it like that, I'm like, "It's got to be Smash." The, the, the squid, the squidings were always the uh, the most obvious like Excellent, new character yeah. for a Switch Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they're they're like characters from Nintendo's like most popular new series uh, in like what ten years. So like that that always made sense. What's What's interesting is that it they it really seems like this isn't just. Smash Brothers for uh, Deluxe. It seems like they're trying to bring this as more of like Smash Brothers Five. Now, I'd still be surprised if it isn't ultimately using like a lot of assets from Four. It, it would almost just seem silly to me to like what take like you know you have Smash Brothers for Mario, right? It seems strange to me that mm-hmm. you would just kind of basically put that in this game, what instead of remake that from the ground up. But uh, but I don't know because I'm um, you know then there's that problem of. Like how big's the roster going to be at first if you're going to redo all these characters and blah blah blah. So we don't know too much right now except that it the squiddings are in it. What do you call them? The squidlings? Squiddings? I think they're squid squidlings. I call them squid kids. But squid, the squid kids, yeah. So yeah. they're in it. Uh, Link's got his Breath of the Wild outfit, which is like that's a that's a pretty good indicator right too. Oh, so it's not just the old Link, or you know, unless they just gave him a new costume. But maybe he'll have some different moves or something. So, yeah, we don't know too much else about it. Uh, uh, Sakurai is back, the guy who always directs these games and always says it's going to be his last one and then comes back inevitably. He, he's back making yeah. it. They always get him back in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's real exciting. And this, I think this really does fill in that big like question mark. What is the Switch's? big game this holiday season well now it's smash brothers uh and that that really kind of seals that one up for them pretty good and you, you know i love smash brothers this this is one of my favorite series one of my favorite nintendo series so i'm super excited about this yeah i uh i i think this is the game that was the most obvious to hit this year for sure uh they've still they're still saying metroid for this year right at least that was the thing they said at e3 was it i don't know they I mean I there was anything about it here but right. i don't you know. I, I mean, they, yeah, no no one's saying they can't announce it and then release it this year. Uh, or, or not, but, like, fully reveal it and release it this year. But even if they don't, um, Super Smash Brothers might be enough. Uh, I think one of the big memes going around after after the, the, the direct here was, well, now I have to buy a Switch. Uh, and it's like, oh, you didn't... I thought everyone already owned one. Yeah, it's like, selling now so you fast. have to, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so, yeah, there's still, like, this huge audience of Smash players that is just this this... This thing that made the 3DS game one of the best-selling games and then made the Switch or the Wii U game a really good-selling game on a system that no one owned. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yes, so this might be enough for Nintendo. As for my personal excitement, I'll, I'll definitely play it, but I just, I'm just i not around enough people to like enjoy Smash in that way uh, anymore. But maybe with the multiplayer, maybe bringing <laughs> places, maybe I will be. Who knows? Yeah, maybe this one will actually have... You know, we say this every time, like pretty good multiplayer support. I mean, right. the switch what the switch has had already for multiplayer support isn't that encouraging, but uh, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we will for sure. Um, let's see what else do we have here on this uh, this list from Nintendo's Direct? Uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is coming July tenth. I'm like so split on that. It's like part of me is like, oh, I already own this, but it'd be so cool to just have those games on my Switch and play whatever. But then another part of me, and I, I say this before, I. Like the value of Bra- of Crash Bandicoot just goes down for me when it's not a PlayStation thing, for for whatever reason. Like part of that's just right. nostalgia, or just like how I think of it. But yeah, like it's just not the same. Like it, it was one thing when you played Sonic on a Nintendo system the first time, but I don't know if I'm ready to play Crash Bandicoot on my Switch. Right. Yeah. I um. 
I, I, I'm sort of there with you. I'm not quite as militant on that as as I know you are in terms of, of you know, are you feeling that it's going to be less valuable in a way? Um, but I get what you're saying for sure. At the same time, I probably will finally play this this collection now that it's, it's real on good Switch. collection. It looks real nice. Yeah, um, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker was. Uh, it's going to be ported from the. I'm Wii U. excited for this because I did not play this on Wii U. A solid puzzle game, uh, and it's got a new new content. It's got a. New Donk City from oh, oh, oh. Mario Odyssey, and it looked really good. Um, Undertale, another port. I, I'm probably never going to play that game again, but uh, I know people See, I, I only, to play it. I only over. played a few hours of it the first time, so maybe this time I can really get through it. But this is just yeah. another like big indie hit coming to the Switch. Right. Oh, yeah, and those are just going to keep happening forever and ever now. Uh, more ports, South Park, Fractured But Whole. Uh, Oka- yeah, Okami HD. That's cool. Uh, I never beat yes. Okami. Maybe I can finally do that. Yeah, it was weird that it didn't like hit with the other Okami HD releases, but now it's coming, so that's fine. Um, uh, uh, other stuff, just Kirby Star Allies is coming out so, like next week, this week. Who knows? It, I, I still don't know what to make of that game. Me Octopath either. Traveler I, got a date July thirteenth. I'm sorry, what are you going to say? I, about I usually like Kirby too, but like for some reason this one is. It's, I'm like less plus than I would have been for like even Kirby Planet Robobot for some reason. I think the fact because. Like, this is a Switch one. I feel like there should be something more to it, and it doesn't really look like there's anything more to it. Right. So, Octopath Traveler... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah, go no, get an Octopath. Uh, Oct- Octopath go. Traveler, so that's no longer tentative title. It's, it's just called Octopath Traveler now? It was called Project Octopath Traveler. Drop <laughs> the project. Wow, they're really going yeah. for it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm so I'm pretty hopeful for that. The uh, demo seemed pretty cool for it, so... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm going to have to really wait and see on that. Um, for me, like, just those, those kinds of RPGs are usually more missed than hit for me. Uh, so I'll have to wait and see if people are really ecstatic about it, and then, if they are, I'll try it out. Usually these things get, like, people aren't ecstatic about it. It's like the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Re- reaction right people are like yeah right if, you like, if, that, if you that's like the it. case then i'll then like i'll happily skip it, it. Yeah, yeah exactly um okay anything else from from the nintendo direct that you noticed i i was watching most of it but i was also working so luigi's mansion remember. one getting a remake that's on right. 3ds is it, the 3ds support in general huh yeah like, not that it's I'm, anything crazy but it's enough i think the, the games that i'm most excited that are coming you know to the 3ds i would way prefer on the switch yeah. still it's like we just mentioned one remake i'm like yeah that'd have been great on the switch you know right and then also uh, that wario wear gold which i guess is going to have a lot of the old games but a yeah. lot of the a lot of the updates there are a lot of new stuff and okay yeah i'm definitely going to play that on 3ds i love the wario wear games i'll get it out for that uh that's that's something i, I still think would work fine if you would have just instead of going 3ds going with the switch version um but We'll see. I, I was never thinking there would be anything with the WarioWare name on it ever again. So this is this is at least nice for that. All right, let's uh, let's move on to some of the other news. Uh, I guess we could hit one more Switch thing before we get into some of these other announcements. Uh, Diablo three is coming to the Switch according to a rumor. Uh, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I think. Yeah, the uh, Diablo three works surprisingly well on consoles. It already came out for even the three sixty and PlayStation three. So mm-hmm. getting it on Switch should not be too hard. Yeah, and it's one of those games where if you are on a long road trip or a bus Good ride or plane, yeah, you know. especially with other people right there next yeah. to you. And if you could do like the ad hoc multiplayer with everyone on their own system, that would be very, very good. Diablo 3 works much better. It's just like this game you play on the console for fun for like a few hours than like... Right, like the old Gauntlet games. Yeah, then like something you take super seriously. Like, yep. you know. no, Yeah, like I'm going to grind through this season. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Um, okay, so some big announcements came out this week, and they were kind of just announcements. Um, so Division 2 was officially confirmed. Um, big surprise. Yeah, just straight up Division 2. It, it, it seems weird, especially considering how kind of poorly uh, uh, Destiny 2 has gone, right? Right. You, you almost wonder if people would like rethink doing it that way. But here, here's just straight up Division 2 on its way. Yeah, I think if they were able to make the division work as the as the platform, as the live services game that they have done with all their other games, I don't think they'd be doing a division two. But I think they're like, okay, we're going to take this opportunity and all the stuff that we screwed up that prevented us from having Rainbow Six Siege like success over time, we're going to fix that, and this is going to be the one that's going to last for ten yeah, years. Yeah, that, that's exactly what we were saying about Destiny Two, though. Right? No, yeah, totally. It's uh, absolutely, interesting. but but. But Ubisoft has proven they know how to do this. I mean, what, yeah. the, other news, the other big news story here is Rainbow Six Siege uh, wow. came out December 2015. Its Steam concurrence broke its uh, record again. It reached 162,000 simultaneous players uh, as as opposed to only having 20,000 when it launched. And uh, if people don't follow concurrent numbers, this is how many people are playing at the same time on Steam uh, any one game. And almost for every single game, their number one day for you know their highest concurrence is launch day. Uh, but for a lot of these Ubisoft games, they just it's the other way around. They just keep going up and they just keep ramping up. And Rainbow Six Siege has done this. And I think Ubisoft is starting to get in their head that they could do this with all their games. Um, so I, I'm sure that's why they think they could do better than Destiny 2 did. Um, other sort of game that was announced, but not much else on it. I guess they said they're going to do a, a reveal event in May. Call of Duty Black Ops I-I-I-I. <laughs> Four. Call it Black Ops 4, but they did the Roman numeral weird. Um, any, any excitement, Mike, how excited are you is what I meant to say. Cause I know you are call of duty boy. Wow. I, if I couldn't go back for the world war two, and I don't think anything is going to get me back at this point. Yeah. I, I, um, of all the campaigns, the black ops one that had the Russian number towers was always the one that I liked the most. Is that, uh, I think I, I played that. black ops one before I stopped I playing these games. Might be even black ops I kind of remember it. Yeah. So I, I will go back if they kind of dive back into that stuff. Um, especially because Russia right now would be such a fertile ground and if they kind of, maybe they could do some bouncing around through a timeline of like, oh, stuff happened here and it affects this. Um, There's a lot of potential there for a weird military bombastic story that I'll at least enjoy for a couple of hours and play like a year and a half after it comes out. Uh, But I'm I'm done with the multiplayer. I'm like, I've I've accepted this, so no more excitement. And you know what? I, I will say... One of the craziest things I've seen on Twitter in the past two weeks is this guy who was a Call of Duty pro saying, I am not excited for the new Call of Duty. I fell off World War II already. I'm just playing Fortnite now. And it's like, and he's like, he, you know, he stopped being a pro. He just kind of makes content on YouTube and Twitch like they all do now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Fortnite seems to be the thing that's making the most money. So I just, it feels like, man, I know that World War II game sold a ton but that was before Fortnite was a real huge thing, so we'll see if maybe that's going to just wipe it out when it when when it when it happens. Who knows? Uh, one one last thing: that game, that Call of Duty Black Ops Four, is coming out in October instead of November, which I think is the first time that's happened for a Call of Duty game. In is that going to put it closer in competition with? Because that's usually the battlefield time, right? I think so. Yeah, and it also puts it right in competition with Red Dead. Ooh, and just in terms of like huge games coming out. But uh, yeah, you're right. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Who knows? Um, all right. So those were the big, big games. We talked about Rainbow Six. Uh, oh, I guess this stupid thing from last week. Uh, President Trump had his meeting with the game industry. It was behind closed doors, not on television. 
apparently they just said, hey, violence in games is a whole thing. They had a video that they uploaded to the White House <laughs> YouTube page that was this just this montage of like violent stuff in games. Um, and then they didn't put an age gate on it and put it on YouTube and they didn't put an ESRB rating. So it's like, okay, so White House is not even following the guidelines uh, of, it, you know, the standards. Of course they're not, though. It, it seems like it was all a big nothing burger. Absolutely. It, it, yeah. it was just, it was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It was complete. It was a complete joke, really. Um, but, you know, props to them for still trying to use that scapegoat argument. You know, you know they stuck with it. Maybe it'll work yeah. eventually. All right. 2018. Here we are. Um, it, it, it at least seems nice every time it gets brought up. Like the opposition to it seems like more better and better grounded. Like yes, it's like yes. it, it's discarded much quickly, much more uh, quickly each time. So you know progress. Yes, it, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it feels like this one was thrown out before it even like happened. Yeah, like, like everybody was like, being, like oh god. Yeah, now <laughs> everybody who's like now we're all like you know thirty and thirty five who remembers mm-hmm. the ESRB thing, right? So we're like oh god. Yep, it's. Yes, exactly. Um, Mike, tell me about the Hearthstone expansion. Hey, Hearthstone expansion announced today. Uh, you know, typical expansion-y things. What I find interesting about it is every expansion last year, the three big ones, they, they kind of would introduce, like, their one big new thing. Uh, Journey to Angoro had quest cards. Knights of the Frozen Throat had hero cards, death knights. And then uh, Kobolds and Catacombs had legendary heroes. This one is, like, not being nearly that kind of aggressive with, like, here's the big new key feature. It's, uh, it has, like, some new, like, abilities, like, uh, like, Echo is the new, hey, Echo, right? Just like what you're talking about. It's this new keyword where, like, you can keep playing a card as long as you have the mana for it that turn. So you have a three-mana card. If you have nine mana, you can play that card three times. So, like, it's, like, oh, it's interesting, but it's not, like, ground groundbreaking. Instead, they're kind of just taking, like, the best of what worked last year. So, like, we already know there's going to be more hero cards this time. They, they teased one of them. And uh, the last expansion, Kobolds and Catacombs, had this really popular single-player mode called Dungeon Runs. And this right. expansion is basically having its own Dungeon Runs. It's called Monster Hunt. Instead of playing with one of the nine, like, existing classes, you play at these four special classes made just for it. So uh, it sounds really interesting. I, I kind of like this direction in a way. Like, I think last year was maybe a good year of experimenting, and now, at least for this expansion, we can kind of, you know, because sometimes it gets muddy, like, how many different card types are there? Okay, that's fine. Let's just add some cards, do some things, work with what worked, and, yeah, it's it's, it's very exciting. It's called the, I don't even think I uh, said what it's called. It's called the, the Witchwood? Yeah, right? That sounds right. Can't remember already. Seems right. I don't, God, this is, like, the one I've missed the most. Like, uh, I, I always kind of absorb the expansions through osmosis just on social media or whatever. And this one, for some reason, it's just not uh, penetrating that bubble anymore. So um, I wonder if just right. like the, the, the Hearthstone. Okay. So I was wondering if the, maybe the Hearthstone community is just more insular or people are just like, aren't talking about it outside of the people they always talk with Hearthstone about, I guess maybe that's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is the witch would the, the theme is uh, if you play World of Warcraft, this is kind of like the Worgen expansion. Worgen are based, they're just werewolves. But uh, so it's kind of a neat to have like this kind of gothic-y sort of what like London uh, horror thing. So it's it's a cool it's a cool flavor for an expansion. I think that still kind of that still fits with the World of Warcraft stuff without having it go crazy like when they had the Karazhan Disco expansion. Right. Right. Which um, I liked fine, by the way, <laughs> thematically. But I know a lot of people are like, it's just too silly. It's Hearthstone. God, Jesus. Yeah. Right. It's also Blizzard. All their games are silly. 
Um, okay. I think that's going to do it for news. I think that's going to wrap up the show. We talked, we, our, our big thing up front was you talked about artifact. That was, we were going to do that in the second segment. I figured we'd just move that up to the top. Uh, Mike, do you have any like games you're looking for that you're going to actually try that are new? Is, is you got anything coming up? Any coverage you want to talk about? Well, I'm putting together, I'm like, the, I, I talked about my PC was before I got my new video card in and, uh, my, my old case was, it, it it was this PC that was designed for like you know VR ready, so it's this really like tight case that I can't exactly mod very easily. So I'm basically putting all the pieces from it into a new case along with a new video card and a new power supply. So once I do that, maybe I'll, I could start looking at some games, or I could just keep playing World of Warcraft and Overwatch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Get a shiny new graphics card. You're running on the one setting now. You're going to run it on like the ten thousand. Oh settings. baby, you know it. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, that's, uh, I'll look forward to that. Maybe we can play some of that Vermintide. Yeah. It's a, you know, Left 4 Dead style game. We'll try to play that this week. Um, I'm, I'm still going to kind of keep plugging away at Eco and Into the Breach and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe check out this Kirby game if it comes out this Friday. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably, uh, take a look-see at that. We'll see what's going on. I mean, the last two 2D Kirby games were actually pretty good on 3DS. Again, it's just like, you know, what, what, what are you going to do to make this special? And I don't know if they're doing anything. So we'll see. Yep, and then we got a GDC next week. Is that when you're going? Uh, GDC? Yes, I think. Yeah, week today. Hey, hey, that's coming up. That's, that's a big trip. Up. So yeah, a lot, lots of traveling. Uh, Pax East not long after that. Okay, so we got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, we'll be covering those in the show as we go forward. In the meantime, we're going to say goodbye for this episode, and we'll see you next week, Mike. Tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Tolkoto. That's T O L K O T O. I'm also always doing the Exploding Barrel podcast every week with my brother. That's at ebpodcast.com. And I'm always writing at GamesBeat, so be sure to go there. Uh, he's also going to be at the Cheesecake Factory oh, right outside baby. Moscone Center. <laughs> you know it. Um, there was a Cheesecake Factory pretty close to Valve, but they fed me, so I didn't need to go there. Uh, okay. Yeah. You got to save room for that right. Cheesecake Factory. Um, I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter, twitch.tv slash Jeff Grubb, uh, youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, Check out anything from me at any of those places. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it. We're going to get out of here. I'll, I'll probably be doing that PUBG family dinner again this Friday, so check that out. In the meantime, have a good one. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.